Well, Galatians chapter 6 is where we'll be at tonight, and if you're from, uh, if you were on RU on Friday night, you're familiar with Galatians chapter 6, because that's what we went over. I figured, why not? And it was funny, I told, I told, I think I told uh, Miss Misty she had to leave because she wasn't, is she here right now? Oh, she's back there, okay. I thought she was, if she dipped out on me twice, I would be a little thinking it was me. But she, she said, oh, I can't, you know, I can't say I'm not feeling that well. So I said, well, I said, who knows, maybe you'll hear it in church soon. I said, if I get called on last minute, and here we are. No problem. Glad to be able to do it, and I love the RU ministry, and was able, as I Talked about last night, I was able to help out for a little while in it, and then of course when Pastor Moon left, it kind of changed my job description a little bit, and not able to be a part of it as much, but it's a great ministry, great opportunity, and uh, just one lady last week, I mean on Friday, she said how much that she appreciated the RU ministry, and it was turning her life around, and not somebody from this church, and somebody that came from the outside, and it was wonderful. So Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9 is where we'll be at. Very familiar portion of scripture. Here's what it says. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall, reap, shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Let's pray before we dive into this passage of scripture. Lord, we're thankful for... Another Sunday that we can meet together. Uh, we're thankful that we don't live in some of the other parts of the, this country where they're putting uh, mass restrictions on congregations trying to assemble together. We're just so thankful for the freedom that we're able to have in this place tonight. We ask that your spirit would come meet with us, speak to hearts. Uh, may you expound this message in the hearts of these folks way better than I can. In Jesus' name, amen. I can still remember... One of my high school teachers, ninth grade, her name was Deborah Erickson. And maybe she's, we'll hear about this sermon over the internet, probably not. But Deborah Erickson, a situation that happened with me in typing class, I remember it even to today. When I think about sowing and reaping, I think about Deborah Erickson in my typing class. And of course, I was a young punk teenager and I didn't care about school, didn't care about doing well. And during typing class, I would always cheat. I would look down at my fingers while I typed. And those of you that have taken typing class, and I'm referring to the computer typing class, not the typewriter, that probably half of you, probably half of you have done the typewriter. But I was on the regular traditional keyboard, and I would look down at my fingers, and of course... I wouldn't be able to read what I was supposed to be typing and type at the same time because you're constantly looking up, looking down, looking up. And, of course, my speed was not very good. And she would always come by, and she would try all sorts of methods. She would, you know, hold a book over my hands while I'm typing, while I'm getting tested. And she would tape a piece of paper and, you know, drape it over my fingers so I couldn't look. But I always figured out a way to sneak around. And she told me, she said, Chris, someday you are going to pay for cheating in typing class. She says, you're going to go, you're probably going to go to college. And what they're going to require is for you to type out your notes. He, she says, and then after you go to college, most jobs 
a lot of jobs, she said, would require you to be efficient in typing. And I was like, oh, I don't care. I'm living for the moment. I was cared about sports and girls. Those were the only two things I cared about. Typing wasn't on the list, but she was right. I graduated high school. I go off to college. The first day in college, what do I have to do? I take out my laptop, brand new, and here I am listening to the guy give the lesson, looking at his PowerPoint presentation, looking up at it, looking down looking up at his presentation and looking down, taking me to missing many things. And it took me a couple years before I was able to overcome that. And now, of course, I use typing on a regular basis, typing down my notes and emails and all sorts of things like many folks do on their job. But it was something that she had warned me about that I was going to reap what I sowed. And it, and it seemed like it was never going to come but yet it did. And it's just an example of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. So we'll look at some laws of sowing and reaping today. And I know there are many laws. Some people say there's seven laws of sowing and reaping, but we're going to look at five today. And I hope that they will be a blessing to you. And the first one that we have here tonight is I sow, I reap what I sow. I reap what I sow. I didn't put we reap what we sow. I wanted to make it really personal, personal to you, personal to folks at RU, that we're taking responsibility for our actions. I reap what I sow. So I'd like all of us, let's say that first point all together. Here we go. I reap what I sow. Absolutely, 100%. Life is full of choices. From the time we wake up in the morning to the time we pillow our head at night, life is full of choices. We get to choose, as adults, we get to choose what we have for breakfast, unless you're married, then your wife kind of picks that for you and you don't get to have much say in that. But we get lots of choices. Hey, you actually, you get to choose where you want to work. You get to choose the direction that your life goes. You get to choose what you wear. You get to choose how you do your hair or how you don't do your hair. You get to choose those things. And full of choices. And each of those choices, of course, they have consequences. And when we think of the word consequences, the first thing I automatically think about, I don't know if you're different than me, but the first thing I always think about when I hear consequences is I think of bad. Bad. That's not necessarily the case. There are good consequences, but there are also bad consequences. I think I always go, Ugh, because I probably do a lot of bad stuff I shouldn't do, and I'm used to facing up to the consequences. But consequences, they don't all have to be Bad. And we come to this passage in Galatians chapter 6, and Paul the Apostle, he's using an analogy here that different people throughout Scripture have used as well. And he's using an ag agricultural terminology to try to get a point across. Essentially, what he's saying is that all of us in here, we are farmers. We are farmers. We are all sowing seed. And every choice that we make... It's like a little seed that we plant and we put in the ground. Every day, it doesn't matter how big the decision is or how small the decision is, we are all sowing seeds and sowing choices every single day. Sometimes we don't even think about it. We don't even realize it. So for RU the other day, of course, this was very short notice, so I didn't have time to prepare anything, and not that I probably would have with all these folks in here, but I brought, I brought little tiny plants in little tiny, the smallest little pots that I could find, and I went and bought some seeds, and I planted them before time, and I gave them a little 
and I gave him a little water and pushed the dirt back over him and covered him up, and I passed him out to everybody that was in there. And we went over just the simple, basic idea that this seed that gets planted, eventually it is going to, the little shoot is going to pop up through the dirt, and a little plant is going to start to bloom and start to blossom, and it's going to turn into an actual flower, hopefully. That's what's going to happen. And my challenge was to each and every one of the folks in RU was to take that plant and go and put it in a place, maybe on your patio, somewhere where you see it every single day, and you have to walk by it, and you have to think about someday this little, this little seed is going to turn into a plant. It's not happening today. Uh, the seeds that I bought, I think they, they said they take 40 to 60 days, somewhere around there, is about when they start to bloom. But it's a reminder, a very simple reminder, that my choices have consequences. And although it may not seem like it right at that moment, it's going to have consequences eventually. So every day that they would leave the house, I challenge them to look at that and say, what kind of seeds am I going to plant today with my life? I need little reminders like that. I mean, take little, um, these little cards that we memorize for our verses, Mr. Nick. Hey, I take them, leave them in my car, leave them on my dresser. A little reminder, I'm sure I've, I've been to a few of your houses and I've seen in the, in the restroom, you have little sticky notes with little reminders and little spiritual sayings on there to help remind you. That's all that that is. So I encourage you, hey, if you have trouble making bad decisions, get little reminders like that, that you can put and you can, it will remind you that our choices, that they have consequences. And although it doesn't seem like it's going to matter right now, it will later on down the road. Procrastination is something that I struggle with often. And if you know me, I'm sure the girls in the office, they know. Pastor Bill, hey, he knows procrastination is something that I have to overcome. My other teacher, Actually, it was the mother. It was the mother-in-law of Deborah Erickson, Susie Erickson, all the Erickson's. Words of wisdom from the Erickson's. She told me. She says, "Chris, if you keep procrastinating on your schoolwork, we're talking about trying to do schoolwork the morning of, that it's due, a big project, a big essay. I haven't even read the book yet. Bad, really, really, really bad. And the problem was." She read all the books that we could choose from, so she knew if you were faking it. And she says, Chris, over and over, I can't even count how many times she told me, Chris, if you procrastinate, you will be procrastinating for the rest of your life. And guess what? Even today, I struggle with procrastinating, putting things off, putting things off, because you know what? Those are the seeds that I, that I sowed every single day. Every day that I went to school, Hey, that, that homework assignment that I put off to the last minute and I chose to do right before it was due, I put a seed in the ground. The next day I came, I took another seed. Oh, I put a seed in the ground again, a procrastination. The next day I came and I put, and so for five, six, seven years of my schooling life, I sowed the seeds of procrastination. And you know what? I'm reaping the consequences for them today. And now I'm trying to be on the other end and I'm trying to sow some good seeds, some seeds of doing things early, doing things early. And so many people, they are surprised when they find out the harvest that they're reaping. They are surprised, even though 
they shouldn't be, and even though I shouldn't be. But they are surprised. I have people that come into my office on a regular basis, and they're looking for counsel on a number of different things. And they come in, and their, their life is in shambles. And they're wanting to know, how in the world did it get this way? And so I start just asking some questions, trying to find out what's going on. How did they get? And we start backtracking and backtracking and backtracking. And what actually happened was a bad decision here. And then another bad decision here. And another selfish, selfish decision here. Another decision here that I was outside the will of God. And all those decisions, individually, they didn't seem like they were that big of a deal. But now I got somebody in my office that's sitting there crying, weeping, because their life is a wreck, and they've lost their family, and it seems like they've got almost nothing to live for because now they're reaping the consequences. Hey, I reap what I sow. You reap what you sow. Point number one, I reap what I sow. Number two, what I sow affects others. I'll say it again, then we'll do it together. What I sow affects others. Let's say it together. What I sow affects others. Have you thought about that? The choices you make affect other people majorly. Before they took it off the air, I used to like to watch the show Cops. How many of you liked it? What I liked about it is they always caught the bad guy. Always. On this one particular episode of Cops that stands out in my mind, there was this husband and wife who decided they were going to leave their kids at home alone and they went and they drove into a field and parked in a field and started doing drugs. And so I guess the, cop, the police officer thought it was suspicious when he drove past this field and there's a car just sitting in the middle of this field with the lights on running. So he goes and checks it out. And of course, the camera's there and everything. And he knocks on the window and he rolls down, the, the people roll down the window and the smoke billows out, billows out. Like, you know, look like the Smoky Mountains. I mean, it was bad. And of course, he knows what's going on, and they do too. And after interrogating them a little bit, and of course, finding the illegal narcotics that were there, he of course has to place them into custody. And while he tells the woman to go ahead and turn around and put your hands behind your back, she starts pleading with him, don't do this to my kids. My kids are at home right now, and both me and my husband, we're, if we both go to jail, my kids, oh my goodness, oh, you're, it's really going to hurt my kids. And he immediately fires back, and he says, don't throw your kids on me. He said, this ain't, it ain't my fault you're sit, sitting here with the handcuffs on. He says, your actions brought you to this moment right here. And what those people were facing was the sad reality that what they sow affects others. Sadly, most of the time, it's the kids who suffer. It's the family members who suffer. I mean, we see it all the time. Every one of us in here knows of some uh, horrible divorce that took place. And oh yeah, the husband and wife, oh, they may be upset, but the people that I see on a regular basis who it really affects are the kids. Horrible, horrible. But most of the time, parents, hey, they don't think about that when they're in the middle of sowing the seeds. When the husband chooses to step out on his wife, he's not thinking about his 
two little boys that are back at home. He's not thinking about how this is going to affect other people. What about Achan's family? Achan decided that he was going to take something that God told him not to take. He goes and hides it in his tent. Of course, the Lord leads Joshua right to his tent. They find out that, yes, he was the one that stole some of the items. And, of course, his whole family was consumed. His whole family. What I sow affects others. What you sow affects others. What about David? He goes out and he numbers, the, numbers uh, his army. How many people died? Anybody remember? 750,000, I believe, is how many people died. Hey, what he chose to, to do, it affected other people. How about the sin of Adam? Hey, we are all sitting in this room today, sinners, guilty. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death, death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We are sitting here today, sinners, my boys are over in the nursery today, sinners because of one person's sin. It goes on and it goes on. The other day, Mr. John Perez back there, he was talking about, at RU, he was talking about having the opportunity to be able to share the gospel and to talk about the Lord to some of his coworkers and being able to just share a little bit of his faith with them. But what John Perez sows affects other people. Because you know what, if he goes off and he does something crazy, what does that do to his testimony? What does that do to the testimony of the Lord? You see, when we're in the middle of doing whatever sin we got going on, a lot of times we don't, we don't sit there and we don't count the costs. We just think about whatever pleasure or whatever thrill or whatever selfish desire is right in front of us. We don't think about all the people that it's going to affect, but it has a big effect. Some people eternally. Some people eternally. Number three here. I reap later than I sow. I reap later than I sow. Let's say it together. I reap later than I sow. Most consequences do not happen immediately. Occasionally they do. Most of the time, it takes quite a long time for those things to happen. Got lost on my iPad here. Excuse me. Yes, they take a long time. They take a long time to happen. I've used and I've referenced the gym many times before going to the gym. And I, as you can tell, I don't go to the gym regularly. Um, I don't run. I just have a high metabolism. Whatever I eat, I can't put on a pound. I don't know. I'm still about the same weight in college. I have not tried. It's been a blessing from God. And I don't struggle with that at all yet. But who knows? Whoever knows down the road. But going to the gym is not something I do regularly, but I have occasionally tried to go to the gym, and what I've realized is that success at the gym doesn't happen overnight. It does not happen overnight. It's something that you have to continually do over and over and over and over again to be able to see the results. And of course, as us guys do, whenever we go to the gym, we go there one day, oh yeah, we pump some iron, we get it going, we do all the workouts, everything, we do the squats, all of it, and then we go back to the room and look in the mirror and we flex on the first day. And of course, there, there is no change. 
there is no results because it's something that happens far later down the road and something that you have to keep doing and doing. That's the idea of planting good seed, by the way. Hey, you keep doing it and you keep doing it and you keep doing it. And later on down the road, you actually get to reap the harvest of it. But it happens negatively as well. I know somebody right now who retired from their job, decided that they were not going to do anything anymore. I'm serious. Retired young, I think in their late 50s. I think that's pretty young. Decided that they are not going to do anything. I mean, when I say not do anything, we're talking about not taking out the trash. I mean, I'm not, I don't love taking out the trash, but I mean, that's pretty low. Not taking out the trash. Not doing yard work. How many of you amen that? Amen. Not doing yard work. Not cleaning up the house. Nothing decided that they were not going to do it. They had been working hard their whole life and they're just gonna take it easy. And you know what? Hey, that may be good for a week or two. But this man decided to do that over and over and over again. And at first it was fine. But you know what? Hey, right now, the guy's sitting in a nursing home, not able to take care of himself. He was an able-bodied person. You know what? I mean, we've got folks in here that are in their late 80s and they're, for all intents and purposes, hey, they're healthy. They're able to go out and do things and get stuff done. But this guy chose that I'm just not gonna do anything. You know what? He's reaping the consequences, but it happened much later than he sowed. Happened much, much later. Some people, they're cocky and they say, well, I've been sinning like the devil for years and nothing's happened to me yet. You ever heard anybody say that? Go on Facebook. Go on Facebook. They may not say it, but they're living like it. Nothing's bad happened to me yet. I'm doing wrong. I'm doing wicked. Just you wait. You think all that's behind you? Just as soon as, as you're not looking, those little shoots of those plants are going to start popping up out of the ground. And at that point, there's not going to be anything that you and I can do to change it. The consequences are going to start rolling. And when that happens... Ooh, they are in for a rude awakening. Hey, what does the first part of that verse say? Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Hey, let's wake up. Sometimes we think, I'm including this, that we're just gonna pull the wool over God's eyes. That that passage right there doesn't apply to me. But it does. It does. And you know what? We sow later, later, then we reap. Pastor just did a podcast, and I encourage you to um, go on Apple Podcasts, or you can go on Spotify and sign up for that. And if you need help doing that, by all means, you can ask myself or one of the guys in the back. We'd love to help you set up for that. And they're a little short, you know, five-minute or so podcasts and little spiritual thoughts. And he just did one this last week about kind of the essence of it was under the blood. I won't take all of his steam from it, so you actually can go and listen to it. But many times people come by and they say, well, I trusted Christ as my Savior, or um, you know what, I, I repented of my sin that I had been doing, and now it's under the blood. I don't have to face the consequences for that sin. Wrong. It's not the case. Oh, sure, you've had that relationship restored with God. And yes, now that you can, have, you can have fellowship with him because you've gotten rid of this sin that's between you and him. But oh my goodness, you still have to face the consequences for it. I asked Brother Steve the other day, I said, Brother Steve, 
he's led quite a few people to the Lord when they were in prison. And he was able to go and preach the gospel to them. They got saved. Woo! I said, how many times did somebody get saved? And the guards around the corner said, oh, did, did that guy just get saved? Did Brother Zook get saved? Well, good. Let's let him out of here, man. He's good to go. No. No. That's not the case. He's still facing the temporary consequences for his sin, but he is free from the ultimate consequence of his sin, which is punishment in the lake of fire for all eternity, which is wonderful, but he still has to face that consequence. So the person that goes and they decide to do something foolish and run off with another woman, or a woman run off with another man, or you name it, oh yes, God will forgive you, but you're still going to face the consequences. Sadly, that's the, way that, that's the way that it goes. Let's move on to point number five. Actually, point number four. I'm sorry. I'm going to move on here. We've got about five minutes. Five minutes. Point number four. Here we go. I reap more than I sow. I reap more than I sow. Let's go through them again one more time. I reap what I sow. What I sow affects others. I reap later than I sow. And number four, let's say it together here. Let me say it first. I reap more than I sow. Let's say it together. I reap more than I sow. If you've ever done any farming, Brother Corey could probably attest to this. He could probably maybe tell me if I'm wrong too. But imagine if we take this field that's out here behind the church and we decide we're gonna dedicate that field for let's say 10 years. Actually seven, seven's more of a biblical number, right? Seven's a biblical number. And we're gonna go and we're gonna plant corn in this field out here. And we start planting corn and planting corn and year after year, of course, we're getting corn in. And then after that seventh year, we decide we're gonna stop and we're gonna change our MO. We're not gonna plant corn anymore. We're gonna plant something else. We're gonna go ahead and we are going to plant tomatoes instead. And so we take out all those corn stalks and we try to till up the land best we can. And we go out there and we start planting tomato plants. But you know what? As harvest time comes around, something besides tomato plants starts shooting up out of the ground. Not a lot of them, but they're still there. Corn. Corn stalks keep coming up. Why? Because there's really almost no way to go by and get rid of every single seed that had fallen off, every single kernel that has now turned into a corn stalk. And even after you go and you say, well, I'm totally changing my life and I'm surrendering it to God now, I'm, I'm repenting, I'm turning in a new direction, even though that we've done that and we've, for maybe even a while, started planting good seed and good seed and good seed, a new believer or someone that has recently come back from back, backsliding could say, well, why in the world am I still reaping some of those things that I sowed way back then? Because that's, the, that's part of the process of growing and changing over a field. And so maybe someone in here today, you are in the process of changing over a field. And you have been planting new seeds and new seeds. And yes, some of those things are coming up, but you're still facing some of those old consequences and those, from those bad decisions that you have made, I can be assured if you keep planting good seed and good seed, those old consequences, they will start to get fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer. Some decisions, by the way, let me say this, they do follow you the rest of your life. They follow you the rest of your life. When Samson chose to do what he did, 
when they took that hot poker and they poked his eyes out. There wasn't no coming home. He was facing the consequences. But many times, the things that I do, maybe they're not that extreme, but we will see some of those things come back in our lives, even years on down the road, far after they're gone. But I can tell you to keep planting good seed, keep planting good seed. Let that stuff, hey, let it all grow out. You may face that for some time, but soon enough, as we get to point number five here, I can't change last year's harvest, but I can change this year's harvest. I can't change last year's harvest, but I can change this year's harvest. Let's say that together. I can't change last year's harvest, but I can change this year's harvest. We can't go back and undo many of the decisions that we have made yesterday. We can't go back and do it. There's no going back and doing it. The things that you maybe said to your spouse or said to that person on your job, hey, that bad testimony that you have been at your workplace, you can't go back and, and take away those things. Oh, you can go back and say sorry, but you can't go back and erase it. But you know what? Today I can choose that I'm gonna do what's right today. There was a time when, even when I was at college, for a while there, uh, there were some things, I mean, I wasn't doing anything really, really crazy, maybe in, maybe in the average church member's person, but I was kind of backslidden for about a year or so, I would say, while I was at school, just, just wasn't totally surrendered to the Lord. And, you know, there were some things and conversations that I was having with my roommates that just were not pleasing to the Lord, and I just was not living like a real Christian. And I had to go to those boys. I had to have a meeting with them. I had to get real with them and say, hey, I've been real bad, man. I've not been living like I should. I've not been living pleasing to the Lord. And you know what? I'm going to start, for all intents and purposes, I'm going to start planting new seeds. You're going to see a difference. You are going to see a change. Some of us, we need to just drive a stake down the ground, maybe even get with those folks that are around us that know us real personally and make a decision, maybe even have some folks hold us accountable to start sowing some good seed. Start planting some good things. And it's not hard to do. We're talking about, hey, open your Bible, read for five minutes. You say, I don't have five minutes. You're lying to yourself. You do what you want to do. Put some good music on in the car instead of that trash that always likes to find its way in there. Hey, start sowing some good seed. Start talking about the Lord instead of all that junk you talk about on your lunch break with your friends. Hey, start planting some good seed. You can't change last year's harvest, but you can change this year's harvest. Proverbs 24, 16, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked fall into mischief. Hey, nobody's, nobody's at least not that I know of, nobody's around here pointing fingers at someone who falls down. Nobody's doing that. Hey, get back up and start planting some good seed. Oh, yeah, so you, so you planted a bad seed here or there. Hey, get over it. Can't do anything about it anyways. Put your hand in the plow and start putting some good seed in the ground, doing something for the Lord. Everybody's going to make bad decisions. The difference between the just and the wicked man is the just man keeps on getting back up. Conclusion, as we finish here. Maybe you've been planting bad seeds your whole life. I meet folks like that. Met somebody uh, two weeks ago in my office, came by needing some help, some financial help, and been planting bad seed his whole life. I think he was in his early 50s. Wow. 
he was reaping the consequences of his actions. Maybe you've been doing that your whole life. But I was able to have a one-on-one -on -one with him for a little while and try to uh, plead with him a little bit to, man, give his life to God, trust Christ as his Savior. I think he maybe had, but he had been just living like the devil for so long. But I told him, man, repent of all that stuff you're doing. Separate yourself from all those people that are dragging you down. Get involved in church. Start reading the Bible. Start living right, living righteously. Planting some good seed. Man, maybe you've been doing that. Maybe you've been doing that for about 10 years. Maybe you've been backslidden for a while and you just haven't been, you know, you haven't been planting really much of anything least recently. Hey, we can't change yesterday, but we can change today. Galatians 6, 9, the next verse. We've looked at 7 and 8. Let's look at 9 as we close. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. What's that about? That's about Mr. Nick every Sunday morning getting up and getting on the bus. It's hard to do. It's not always easy. It's about, oh, it's the second Saturday of the month. Ooh, it's the fourth Saturday of the month. I got things that I kind of want to do, but I really don't want to do door-to-door. Hey, don't be weary in well-doing. You say, I haven't seen a whole lot of results yet. It hasn't changed my life. You keep after it. Keep after it. You're like this woman up here that was on this video. She said, well, I've been reading the Bible about three times. Hey, she kept after it. Kept after it. She found something. And now she is reaping the benefits of those good choices. Keep after it. Hey, we here at Gospel Baptist Church, we got more things to do than we got people to do them. I know it might not seem like that, but just about a month ago, we're trying to find out. We're getting a new little um, second hour class while the main service is going on in here Sunday morning. We're getting a little kids program going on in the back with some three and four-year-olds. And you know what? Hey, it wasn't like, okay, sign this person up to teach this person, this person. I mean, it took some time to find some, find some folks to do it. Hey, we got a lot here at Gospel Baptist Church that we can do, but we need folks to get on board with both hands and start planting some good seed. I know many of you, you got ministries you're doing, and man, keep on doing it. But if you don't have anything, man, time is going by. Get some seed in the ground. And God will bless you for it. Let's pray. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.